West Studios on a cold night. <laughs> Very Tundra-esque. Tundra-esque here on the west side of Evansville. Hope you guys are doing well, staying warm. We've missed you guys. We have. It's been a minute. Actually, I was talking to uh, Brianna uh, the other night. We went and seen The Cold Stairs, and she was like, when are you guys going to do another episode? <laughs> so it's like, patience. We're in our off-season right now. Feeding, so, huh? Yeah. So we're hoping to uh, throw some new content your guys' way, throw out on the feed, and we're just going to throw out some some little stuff here and there, try to. You know, Jim's got his job going on, I'm transitioning with my job, and got a lot of crazy stuff going on, and we're just trying to make things happen, man. Yes, yes. Most but definitely. we also needed a break. We did, and, and I mean, we're working on getting things ready and going yep. for season two. That's so. right. Today, what we're doing is we're going to bring you guys a Dude Rector's Cut. This is going to be a lot of fun, because the last time we talked about this specific movie yes. was on the last episode of our regular season. Season one, our first season. Our first season. And in the can and done. That's right. Episode 24 in the archive. You go to dowhatpod.com slash archive or actually go on the feed and yeah, find it on, the on there. Yeah. You'll see the episode. It's the James Cameron episode. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. But we did a little segment on there called uh, the Soundtrack Spotlight. Yeah. And we talked about the soundtrack for the movie Good Morning Vietnam. Had a lot of fun doing that segment. Talked about all the music that was in there. Pivotal to the movie. And we're actually going to bring you a Dude Rector's Cut right now of... Good morning, Vietnam. Uh, I'm loving it, dude. I'm I'm super stoked about it because I just love this movie. Right. And we talked about that obviously on that on that episode, but I'm just excited that we get to kind of sit down and everyone gets to sit down with us and watch it together. Absolutely. So. And you guys know the routine that you, you have, that have been sticking around with the show for us. You know where the dude director's cut is, but for you new listeners, maybe checking this out, find this on the feed. Basically, what we're doing right now is this is behind-the-scenes stuff. We're going to sit down. We're going to watch the movie Good Morning Vietnam. You're not going to hear any audio from the film because of copyright stuff. But basically what you're going to do is we're going to give you a cue. You're going to sync up the movie with this podcast. And you're going to sit and watch the film. And it's like you're watching the film with us. It's like you're sitting in the 2420 West Studios watching the film with us. Yeah, and you might hear, like, if we're not talking, you might hear a little bit of noise in the background. That's just the heater. That's just the heater because it's cold. Keeping us from freezing to death. That's right. We don't want to die recording this. That'd be kind of awkward. It would be very awkward because who would release it? Well, that's a good point. (laughs) No one would hear this at all. So anyway, so we're going to get to that right now. We're going to do a countdown. I'm going to hit play. I got my counter. I got the DVD in. The counter is at zero. It is paused. I'm going to do a countdown. I'm going to hit play. Whenever I say play, that's whenever you hit play. And you just sit back with your popcorn, with your drinks, watch the film, and have some fun with us. We're going to do some commentary. We're going to talk about some of our favorite scenes as we go along. We're going to talk about the music, obviously. We yeah. already talked about it before, but now we got the film going. We can actually talk about it in there. So this is going to be a lot of fun. And we're just going to basically sit here and geek out for the next couple of hours and talk about the glory that is Robin Williams. I am not mad about that. No, not, not mad about that at all. So, let's get to it. This is going to be a lot of fun. All right, here we go. I'm going to do three, two, one, play. And whenever I say play, you hit play. All right, here we go. You ready, Jim? I was born ready. I don't think you were. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, and play. All right. Touchstone Pictures. Touchstone Pictures. Got the logo up there. Nice. 
probably would not have guessed the uh, the audio. I kind of forget that this always starts out real like quiet and kind of right, very uh, melancholy. <laughs> well, it's a uh, Dan the Man Levitan. He's a very, uh, very monotone style of <laughs> right. radio person. So Tung Thon, uh, I do Tron. Is that his last name? Tron. <laughs> I was reading where I guess apparently this is his only film he's ever been in. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And this is the the guy that plays Twan. Yes. His his friend yeah, from his school. buddy, yeah. Yeah, he would probably put me to sleep listening yeah. to him every day, I think. <laughs> you wouldn't hear him on an audible uh, No, not an at advertisement all. at all. Yeah, a lot of people crashing their cars, falling asleep. <laughs> That's an idea. If we ever get Audible as a uh, as a sponsor, <laughs> we'll just do it like that. I always forget about that where they cut in with the uh, the airplane yeah. noise. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first time I watched it with my daughter. She was like, "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> It's like, how did that guy get that job? <laughs> he couldn't shoot. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. I, my favorite, the sad thing is he has a good radio voice. He has a great radio voice, but pep, pep it up a little bit. Come on. Forrest Whitaker, man. Two pretty much icons, right? Uh, yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Man, I miss that guy. <laughs> yeah. You almost forget sometimes how much of a tremendous actor Forrest Whitaker is. Yeah. And he's still doing it. He's still going today. He's, he's still nailing it, yeah. And he he does a really good job of playing kind of, you know, like off of Robin as far as oh, like yeah, the, yeah. the opposite as far as personality and stuff goes. I think he does a really good job. If you guys hear any noise right now, I'm gonna, I'm just adjusting the mic a little bit. Don't mind me. I'm just adjusting it a little bit. Don't worry about me. Alright, and our levels still look good. Nice. Oh, man. No traffic lights, I could not deal. There's just no way. Of course, this is pre-smartphone uh, days, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> dragon lady with the it makes you figure. wonder honestly like what percentage of the script just got thrown out and they're like just let robin do what he wants <laughs> just just his entire lines That's another person. <laughs> Speed up checker stamina. <laughs> oh, man. I did read my, on uh, IMDb that his broadcasts were ad lib, like all of them oh, were ad lib. But... Here's a couple of other great actors right here, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, in fairness to Sergeant Major Dickerson there, <laughs> he's not wrong. That's true. There is no such thing as, you know, just anymore. That's I mean, true. That's true. Uh, times were changing back then, big yeah. time. <laughs> I'll work on that, sir. <laughs> There's nothing like having a general, though, in your corner. Right. Yep. Who's the guy with the ears? <laughs> ah, the great Bruno Kirby. <laughs> oh, boy. Bruno Kirby is so great in this movie being being hilarious by trying to not be hilarious. <laughs> That's a joke right baby. <laughs> oh, dumb da dum dumb. Dick. Yep. Not somebody to be messed with right here. <laughs> Creep <laughs> Creep camouflage. Oh god.
you know, as much of a dick he is, he's a great character. Yeah, no, he is good. You talk about when you come on screen, like, making an impact right away, and like, who's your character? Like, who's your character going to be for the rest of the film? Just nails it. Nails it, yep. Definitely establishes right from the get-go that he is not somebody to mess with. Oh, man. Oh, here we go. I'm on the... <laughs> I think I think we should uh it's getting ready to be his first time uh, on radio here. Yeah. I think I think in honor of Robin Williams and with the film, I think you and I should just everybody. Just, I I think everybody in general whenever he gets to the line, you know what I'm talking uh, about. I think we should I don't all know what do line, it. What line are you talking about? Oh, is, you know exactly. It's the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> we should all definitely do it. Think the military still gets their information that way? Uh, I think Tele- all of our government Tele- gets their information that way. <laughs> it was always a mind trip for me later on when they were in uh, uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Marty Lee, played by the great Robert Wool. This is a loaded cast, man. It really is. Yeah, it, I mean, it's top to bottom. It is a loaded cast. Amazing actors. So. Oh God. <laughs> He reminds me of somebody that uh, I work with that you used to work with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it rhymes with Kim Hunsel. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but not in a good way. Like in the worst possible way. All right, here we go. You ready? We're all going to do it. Here we go. Good morning, Vietnam! <laughs> this is rock and roll. From the Delta to the DMZ. Oh. <laughs> hey, too, too late. late.
What I love is like you can tell like Forrest Whitaker yeah. is legitimately laughing right now, like it's not he's not acting. Yeah. <laughs> well, even Robert Wall in the background, whenever yeah. the record was started playing at slow speed, yeah. he looks in the background. He's like, "What the hell's he doing?" guy with the ears <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh gee man <laughs> he's like an energizer bunny he just doesn't stop <laughs> take the battery out no Hanoi Hannah <laughs> You've been down everything but the Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) God. Oh, man. Yeah, we've had conversations on here about movies that are quotable and you jeez yeah, you want right. to talk about them and like like this is like like a five minute sampling right. there's just so many quotes yeah. from it <laughs> like you could just take this scene right here and cut it out and be like all right this makes it one of the most quotable movies ever just off this just scene off alone. this scene alone yeah Too much. Too much. <laughs> oh, great song. And we talked about this on that soundtrack spotlight. I love all the little montages here where they show people out in the field and everything with the music playing in the background. It's just, it really kind of sets the mood and puts you in that Puts you that where area. they're at, yeah. oh god (laughs) you know we talked about too also and I'm noticing you know, just like really examining the movie as we sit here and watch. You know, we talked about the idea of using certain music, and we're going to get to parts of the film later on where the music has one message, but it's got a different message that's being showed in the film. Yeah. I mean, you look at what's going on right now with the film, 
Like everything's like good. Yeah. You know what there's, I mean? Yeah, a lot you're of seeing like the there's good a lot of sides. life. You're seeing the life of yeah, right. what's going on. Yeah. You're on seeing, both on both sides. Really. Yeah. You're seeing the positive of everything. You're seeing the goodness and the good intent of the US military and you're seeing the 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 livelihood of people living day to day in Saigon in Vietnam. Yeah. And it's all positive for now. For now, yeah. <laughs> he made the joke about ho chi Minh being colonel sanders (laughs) i remember being in high school in the library and opening up a book about Vietnam oh. and there was a picture of Ho Chi Minh and I was like, it's Colonel Sanders. <laughs> man, just, I know we've already talked about it on that other episode of the soundtrack, man, but just such a good soundtrack. Oh yeah. The game of love, love, la 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 la. <laughs> Mr. Leo. (laughs) I can't see you. (laughs) I can't see you. You know, if you really think about it, man, like just from a from an ad lib standpoint. Robin Williams has definitely got to be at the very top, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know that anybody is a close second. No, honestly, I I don't know if you've ever watched uh, watched him on the Inside the Actors Studio. I have not with James Lipton. No. Oh my gosh, man! It really? it is worthy of watching. We'll have to link that with this episode oh, for sure. We release this on the feed for almost an hour. It's just him and <laughs> probably off. It's insane. I mean, it's amazing to watch. Just like just the transformation and it's he just brings an energy with him. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> we already are. I feel like that should be a soundbite that we play anytime we talk about Evansville weather. <laughs> that should be when we give the Evansville weather report on our regular episodes. It's two degrees cooler than it was yesterday. <laughs> First of all, you don't make fun of the weather. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Cappuccino coffee. <laughs> I think Bruno Kirby is so underrated in this movie. Yeah, he really he really does own the character. He does. 
And if you do... That's a great joke. <laughs> what if it escalated? <laughs> so speaking of the uh, the performance of Bob Hope and all of that, like yeah. actually, uh, apparently the filming and stuff for Good Morning Vietnam happened in Thailand. Okay, and uh, they have a lot of the the students. And stuff from over there, like I guess that were were kind of extras and stuff. And right. so Robin Williams actually put on a a show for those students in tenth grade and up, right? <laughs> you know, of course, but, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but I guess he did a he did a stand up for them. Nice. It's just kind of a you know because they're over there, so. right? Yeah, well, that's cool. I thought that was kind of interesting. And it's actually kind of funny talking about you know they mentioned Bob Hope. You know, because Bob Hope was really big about doing those USO tours and stuff during that time. I think a little bit later than where this was set, because I think this was set in '65. I think like the three, four years down the road, he would he would go over there and do those shows. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> he just walks away. <laughs> Really funny. Just a great scene. (laughs) Another guy on the radio is like, how? (laughs) See, I like like we talked about all the rock and roll and the uh, like the the quote unquote R and B stuff from that time on the soundtrack, but I like this stuff too. <laughs> and I don't know if it's because just because of the attachment to the film, it's probably right. what it is. It but, may be, yeah. yeah. Oh, Jimmy Waz. Not for long. <laughs> That's foreshadowing. <laughs> So, I got to be careful what I say here. Oh boy! <laughs> but that scene reminds me <clears throat> of a particular restaurant owner in Evansville. Okay. Um, that 
I used to deliver to. Okay. That restaurant's no longer open, but he has a couple others that have spawned off of that one. Okay. So, but yeah. He would always come up and be like, hi, my name's Charlie. Like, you okay. know, like, yeah. It, it was just that whole interaction. He was always coming in like. Gotcha. <clears throat> so, yeah. I just had to laugh the, at that. Charlie's Mongolian? I can't say. Can I say? Yeah, you can say yeah, it. Yeah, I can say it. Yeah. Charlie with Charlie's Mongolian. Okay. Yeah. Now, obviously, now it's Pokey a big Bane and Pokey Pirate. Yeah. But, uh. He just, just like, not not as flamboyant though. No, but like he's yeah, very just, just, just very energetic yeah. and like gotcha. you know yeah. <laughs> Formaldehyde. A <laughs> <laughs> free cell. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can't let her. This is the dragon lady. <laughs> How's Lynn doing? <laughs> What'd she just say? She said no. <laughs> She's getting away. <laughs> Full disclosure, whenever I was a kid and I'd watch this movie, I had a huge crush on that girl. Yeah. I thought <clears throat> she was stunning. <laughs> That's just entirely too many people, man. In one area, I couldn't. I I could not do it. Too much traffic, too many people. No, thank you. Yeah, you know that they don't really pay attention. They don't have a bike lane there. No, <laughs> no, not at all. They don't have lanes there. What are you talking about? <laughs> no street lights. We saw that earlier. No lanes. Look at these people. Well, you know, if they would obey the rules of the road, then maybe they. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. <laughs> They're riding bikes like people in Evansville ride bikes. <laughs> Except we have arrows on the road and they still can't follow them. <laughs> right. so. <laughs> Poor Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. They have tires on He has head. one of the funniest lines here in a minute, too. I've always thought was hilarious. It's coming up here in a minute whenever he catches up. God. Poor guy. Here we go. felt (laughs) (laughs) that's a vibe i'm telling you right now forrest whitaker is so great in this movie he's low-key underrated in this movie too he really is
Oh, here we go. Listen to Rob Williams. <laughs> I've never heard rhymes like that. <laughs> moves his way into the class. You devil. You dirty devil, you. So apparently this is uh, this film is actually included among the American Film Institute's uh, top 100 funniest American movies. Oh, I... Just, I could agree with that. Nah, why would you limit it to 100? Right. <laughs> this is... I mean, if we're talking funniest, it's gotta be up like at least top 20 for me. Yeah. Maybe even top 10 if we're talking funniest. No shame whatsoever. <laughs> Eddie Garlic is out. I ain't sitting around. I'm going to take my bike with no tires. <laughs> <laughs> you think anybody does slip me some skin anymore? Oh, uh, <laughs> I think it means like slip me some skin. Or do you think it means Is there an explicit warning on this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you think it means something completely different? <laughs> Wrong kind of skins there, Jim. <laughs> if it were me, I'd be like potato skins? Right. TJ Fridays? <laughs> <laughs> I think she didn't do anything else either after this film. I think this was her only film, too. <laughs> that it's just that you played Dear Abby. <laughs> This guy playing Twan, he does a really good job in this movie, too. Oh, he really does. Especially playing, yeah. <clears throat> Just his whole role. Yep.
<laughs> we look like a before and after. <laughs> so what's wrong with that? <laughs> Everything? <laughs> Would you try that, Jim? No. No, not at all? You wouldn't give that? You wouldn't give it a try? Really? Don't, don't think so. Come on, it's just fishbowl. Yeah, I don't think so. If I was in a different context, maybe. <laughs> Sitting in a third world, world country, like, mm, probably not. I'm not going to lie. That's awfully judgmental of you. It Jim. is. It, it very it's much not very is. Christian of you. <laughs> it, you're right. <laughs> but I've also had food poisoning before, so. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like spicy food, Jim? I'm I'm not a huge spicy fan. <laughs> I like a little bit of spice, but not like Me and a uh, friend of the show, Chris Linville, our uh resident expert uh, computer guru. Yeah. Saved our butt a number of times here He's on the show. Our IT guy. Yeah. yeah. He did we did the one chip challenge uh on New Year's. Yeah. He actually completed it. He's a he's crazy. I spit the chip out after about ten seconds. I said, <laughs> I can't do this. I can't do that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Freaking love Jimmy Waugh. This char that character is just hilarious. I love how he just kind of stepped in and yeah. now he's an English teacher. <laughs> Oh my god, that is that is definitely Kim Hunsel. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Dr. Hyde Bush. <laughs> That's how you get the girls. Flash a little money. <laughs> oh boy.
in let's, limbo. Let's be honest. There was fraternizing with girls. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> I'm William Holden. <laughs> First sign of some really negative shit, huh? <laughs> khaki eclipse. The khaki eclipse. I didn't pick up on that before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a! <laughs> he tried to butt his chest. Oh man, that they, they don't want, they don't like them, don't want them in there. But yet you're going to a bar ran by Vietnamese people. It's just well, and you you're all over the girls. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it just, makes no sense whatsoever. No, yeah. None. Not with that. <laughs> See, that's a baseball joke, Jim. Oh, that's what that means. <laughs> Three up and three down it means three batters came up and then three batters were okay. recorded as outs. Oh, okay. It's a baseball joke. Okay. Because I know that you know you're really good with sports. I'm not. Yeah, you're right. I'm not. <laughs> Kim Hunsell just needs to shut up. <laughs> this will be the only episode he ever listens to. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you throw at his voice? 
<laughs> join the army and mark things. <laughs> oh god another montage here some great music behind it The sweetest. (laughs) (laughs) The Peninsula Peninsula. What's you, got a like? you got a window open. You got a window open it. We talked about it too on the soundtrack spotlight. You know, we actually have the actual CD of the soundtrack, and the good thing about it is, you know, all these bits. There's a bunch of these bits that he did in the movie that are interspersed on the soundtrack, so it sounds like you're actually listening to to the an Adrian Cronauer broadcast. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun to listen to the soundtrack on the CD. So you know, we talked a little bit about Bruno Kirby. Yeah, kind of a little, just a little fun fact for you. Um, this is actually one of his favorite films that he he's ever done. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of people think it was like The Godfather Part Two, but um, they ask him, you know, what his favorite film to work on was. Oh, I bet. Yeah, and he he always says Good Morning Vietnam. Well, this is a great movie for his character because he gets to interact with so many other different characters. You know, yeah. so I mean, he's got a lot of screen time in it. <clears throat> <laughs> Robin Williams has a, a line here in a minute that I quote all the time. It's not this one. That one. <laughs> Why am I here? <laughs> See, I was fortunate enough to have parents that. The, like this was their, their music, their music, like straight yeah. up their music. All everything that you see in this film is. So I grew up on quite a bit of you know fifties, sixties, like good and 70s. music. Yes, yeah. some really good stuff. You know, and 
had carried over into uh, teenage years and early 20s. I'd hang out with my parents and we'd stay up late on weekends and play cards and listen to oldies. Yeah. So, you know. I did, uh, I remember many a time listening to, uh, like on the weekends, listen to the golden oldies. You right. Know, like having the... Uh, <clears throat> Was it Super Gold or whatever? Mike Harvey was Mike Super Harvey. Gold, which actually now uh, you can't hear him locally anymore on any of the local stations here in Southwest Indiana. But if you download the app for ninety eight five The Beach, yeah, you can actually listen to Mike Harvey Super Gold really? on Saturday nights. Yeah, he's still he's still, still out, he's still, still doing, doing it. it yep. huh? Wow, and it's great. I have it on my phone, and every once in a while on Saturday night, I'll pop it on just to listen to a little Super Gold, and it, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. You know Rob Williams having a ton of fun in this. Uh, yeah. Just going off. <laughs> it was a joke, sir. <laughs> so sarcasm. talking about the music and the radio and stuff that you grew up on yeah the uh the scene with the uh the chaplain yeah i grew up on a lot of that radio <laughs> <laughs> we're not the same Brian. no definitely not the same <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry jim yeah <laughs> you're like all of a sudden things are becoming more clear <laughs> on the issues that you have yeah this scene right here always reminds me of like when you're in high school and you have a substitute teacher and you get that one that's like the cool sub. Right. <laughs> Who was your cool sub? What was their name? You remember? <sighs> no. You didn't did I you don't. have one that stood out? I I remember I remember a sub that we had uh, my junior or senior year for a music appreciation class, and the only reason why we had a sub is because the music director, who was the teacher of the class, she fell off a scaffolding oh, man. in the parking lot during a windstorm practicing <laughs> with the, the high school band. <laughs> what? They had scaffolding. That way she could stand up and see their formations, Right. Well, a big windstorm came and blew it over, and she fell off of it. Did she have, like, an umbrella? What, were they doing Mary Poppins or something? <laughs> what was going on? <laughs> she ended up, I think, breaking her leg, and oh, so she man. was out for a long time. We had this substitute teacher named <clears throat> Mr. Welty. Mr. Welty. That dude was an ass. <laughs> he failed everyone in the class because he was teaching us college theory instead of music appreciation. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting to die. <laughs> you know all of that was ad lib because you could just tell <laughs> that that really tickled Robin Williams. Yeah. <laughs> you know you definitely can. <clears throat> so talking about subs though, I had actually had two that I remember the most. Yeah. And uh, for completely different reasons. Uh, we had uh, Frank Smith. He was a uh, uh, Indiana State Trooper. Oh God! 
and uh, he would all, I mean, he was cool as all get out. We yeah. loved having him because he would just tell us stories. He'd just sit there and tell stories. Right. And we had another one named Mr. Samples. Oh, God. Mr. Samples was real nice, real nice guy. Coke bottle glasses, kind of hunched over, balding. Nice. But the thing I remember most about him is he had these industrial chalk. <laughs> it looked like giant sidewalk chalk. Nice. But that's what he used to write with. And he brought his, like, he would bring his own brought industrial his own. chalk. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Poor Adrian. Got the family chaperone. <laughs> <clears throat> Popular in Jehovah religion as well. Yeah. <laughs> God help me. Let's <laughs> <Most laughs> medicate <laughs> Language barriers, man. You know a little bit about that, don't you? A little bit, yeah. I dealt with that when I went to Mexico City, <clears throat> dealing with the language barrier. My favorite, though, were the people uh, in my groups that I would go on, like, go with. There was always at least one that would um, just talk louder. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like... <laughs> But that's really all I have to say. You know what I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's there's people that they think if I speak louder, they'll understand yeah. what I'm saying. There's some great scenes that uh, Robin Williams has with this uh, young actress. You know, the basically the the U.S. military person, yeah, <clears throat> who's wanting to strike up a relationship with the local, the native that's there. You know, and uh, knowing that there's going to be that tension if they try. Yeah. And it's probably not going to work anyway. <laughs> By the tree. <laughs> ah, beach blanket bingo. <laughs> well fans of the show will enjoy this because uh there's no editing in our uh in our recordings here with the dude director's cut this is true but i'm gonna leave the room for a minute <laughs> and i'll be back so you got to keep the wow keep the things going i gotta go pee sorry i gotta go <laughs> I go to the bathroom. Jim's got to go to the bathroom. I know. It's a problem. This is bonus for you guys. <laughs> the fans of the show, they'll, they'll appreciate it. Hardcore fans. Hardcore fans. Wait, yeah. Oh, finally Jim shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, while Jim's out, I'll uh, hold down the fort here.
This is a great scene right here as well. Pretty quick scene, but just talk about the differences between America and being in Saigon. Hi. One of my favorite lines is coming up, you guys. I didn't understand it whenever I was a kid, but when I grew up, I understood it. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Marcel Marceau was a mime, a very famous mime, so it's hit single walking in the wind. Time on the counter is 53.44, 53.45. That's where we're at right now. You guys make sure you're synced up still. <laughs> One of my favorite lines. <laughs> Another great song. Good montage here. The soundtrack is just incredible. Oh, Jim, you're missing out. Jim's got a bladder the size of a nickel. Oh, I think he's coming back. No, Jim, I didn't talk about you at all. I'm sure you didn't. What, did I miss anything good? There, he's trying to find <laughs> the enemy. <laughs> oh man big big dogs landing on my face <laughs> Ha <laughs> 
Can you imagine uh, listening to Adrian Cronauer for four <laughs> hours straight? To- <laughs> and then going straight to Dan Levitan? Like, you wouldn't need, like, sleeping medication whatsoever. Right. No. I'm actually hungry. (laughs) I'm actually giving you an order. It'd be a good St. Patty's Day. Uh. <laughs> Home of the shiny green suits. soft and they're shallow. (laughs) (laughs) You wanted them in there. It's like a very well-hung chihuahua. (laughs) He's not even in there. That's a funny thing. He's still eating. hear that lunatic. (laughs) 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 I wouldn't take a crab apple from some bitch. I love that guy. Uh, Just a great, another great character. (laughs) Nails it. 
about to get yeah yeah real serious <clears throat> you didn't realize that <clears throat> the first time at least watching you know you don't realize what he's yeah what he was doing right poor Jimmy Waz man I like I like this scene, like how this unfolded and then how it rolls into the immediate scene after this because you really get to see Robin Williams kind of stretch his legs from a dramatic standpoint. Such a damn good dramatic actor, man. Yeah. Like we love his comedy and his, his energy and his ability to just think on his feet and comedically, but from a dramatic standpoint, man, he was really top notch. I agree. I, I think that like, Actually, in this film, it's it's something you because we think about it as a comedy. Oh yeah, absolutely. But there is there is the dramatic element. I mean, even when we got to see little pieces of that earlier with him and, and the uh, the girl, right? Like you begin to you kind of see some of that, and you, you kind of hit on that when we when that was happening. But um, this definitely kind of helps him to oh yeah flex a little more, you know. Well, but, I, I mean, I, he was what Juilliard trained. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, you know, we talked earlier about how the beginning of the film, everything just has like a kind of like a like a positive filter on it. Yeah. You know, and then slowly as the film goes on, you start to see the genius in the writing uh, of, of showing you just how grave it was in Vietnam. <clears throat> Uh-oh. <laughs> Oof. That's a great exchange, man. Yeah. 
Those two face to face like that. Just it's intense, man. It's intense. It it translates on screen when you watch it. It's a great scene right here to show how you can deliver like emotion without having to actually say anything. That's what I just I was thinking about. Just I mean it's you go straight from this disbelief of what's happening. He has to go back and do his job. Right. Has the exchange with his superior And then it's one of those, like, you know, they just expect him to go in there and to, to yeah. lie. And, uh... Diana Ross and the Suprons. <laughs> Hilarious. I didn't think you were a pun guy. I didn't it's Robin that. Williams. I'll let it slide. <laughs> I drink so I can be this funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny at all, he said. Leather, yellow leather. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was just thinking. <laughs> <Vest>. <laughs> Maybe that's part of my problem. I don't Vaseline my lips enough before our... Uh... <laughs> It's embarrassing. Do you ever have the? Uh, do you ever have where like you, you see something embarrassing and you're like you can't look at it. You're like oh, I can't, I can't look. I've always been like that. I see <laughs> see something embarrassing. Somebody do something embarrassing in a movie or a TV show. I'm like I can't look. Yeah, you just you. You feel so bad. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 oh, horrible. It's one of those where it's so cringeworthy. Yes. But yes. then the response that he has yes. is just like, no. He. It's okay so, that you failed. And that's like, what I'm so saying. Badly. That's why I think Bruno Kirby is so underrated in this movie. It's because he, he really dives into it, playing a character who really, really thinks he's funny, but is clearly not. <laughs> clearly but, not. But yeah. having the, the confidence in your your ability to be funny, and you're just definitely not. <laughs> it's really, really funny. The fact that he's so not funny makes it funny. <laughs> It's like really the only time we see him in uniform, you know? Who, Adrian? I mean, in his, he, at least in this type yeah, of uniform, yeah. Got uh, here and then later on in the film, that's pretty much it, yeah. I really like the, um, I really like the location setup and everything and the way they did their shots and it really gives you that vibe of, yeah. of Vietnam. Like that small village vibe and... The, I think this is the first time you see her without the the white outfit that she wears as well. Yeah. 
just kind of her yeah. at home lounging clothes. Her PJs or yeah, her <laughs> home. I know that you just prefer to wear your FedEx uniform all day at at home. I don't really have a choice, Jim. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. it it's just like always there. Yeah, just you want to give me a paper cut and pour some lemon juice on it while you're at it? <laughs> Go ahead. I will say that it ha- that has been a big change for me, though, is I get to wear PJs, so I, I can relate to yeah. that. Just... You can fuck off, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) The kids are looking at him like, what is going on? I always love this shot, this section of the movie right here, this whole scene with the the trees blowing in the background, the wind. I always thought this was just an amazing scene. Yeah, shot like that. Yep. Yeah. With it being overcast, and it just, it really, with the, the overcastness, it really brings out all the green. Yeah. And uh, all the landscape there, and it's it makes for a really nice shot. And plus, just the interaction between the two of them, the more dramatic side of their relationship. In uh, in more of her home setting. Right. You know? yeah. Yep. Because that makes it more personal, too, with the content of what they're talking about. You know, just this... This idea of uh, Vietnamese and Americans, how just during this clash between their countries, it just it can't work. Yeah, it, it won't work. Yeah, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> That's about as good as poker as you'll ever. <laughs> this is a great scene right here too. This is really funny. Everybody writing in, wanting Cronauer back. The dialogue. I love the dialogue here. (laughs) (laughs) That's a direct quote. Whitaker. Oh man. (laughs) 
time check is one hour and 17 minutes and 10 seconds for these <laughs> guys that are following along. I love, I love this part right here because up until now, he's been really reserved with how he's handled everything. Yeah. Now he's at his, his uh, tipping point. That line. Such a great scene. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Poor Hawk just he just wants to be funny. He does. Poor guy. He just wants to be accepted. Yeah. Yeah. So a little fun fact. <laughs> You're a very attractive man, Ebersaw. Don't think I haven't noticed. <laughs> So a little fun fact about uh, both him and Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, not Ron Williams, but the the, the radar guy, right? Yeah. The ears guy. Uh, they both were also in Platoon, which is also another Vietnam movie. They both were. Yes, yeah. yes, which they were. We covered in last season, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we so. did. We did. But yeah, Platoon, great movie. Enjoyed that immensely. The great Willem Dafoe. Who's also in uh, the newest Spider-Man film? I have heard. I have not seen, but I have ah, heard. you got to get around to it, man! It's so good. I know. Easily the best Marvel movie that has been released. It's a big statement That's coming a, from it's you. It's a huge statement, and it's it's a very appropriate statement. But anyway, <laughs> look at the frustration. <laughs> I like the collate, sir. So do I. <laughs> Can you uh, eat with chopsticks, Jim? Uh, actually, yes. Yeah? For the most part. Sushi. I can eat sushi. <laughs> it's sushi! <laughs> Come on, it's sushi! It doesn't move! <laughs> It's a wheel. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It it's doesn't true. do it. Like, so, yeah. It's no challenge. So maybe I shouldn't have said it so confidently. Yeah. <laughs> can you eat what you... Yes. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. When it's sushi, sushi. and only sushi. Sushi rolls. And only the firm ones, not the <laughs> squishy ones. <laughs> it's got to have the seaweed wrap around it. If it's that loose shit, I'm going to lose it on the floor. There's a... You were mentioned it earlier, Charlie's Mongolian, which is now Pokey Pirate over on Diamond Avenue. Yeah. They have great ramen there. I I had a conversation with somebody at work yesterday about that, actually. Absolutely fantastic food there. Yeah, they said that he has amazing ramen there. So. I, I've eaten, I think Addie and I have been there four times, and yeah. I haven't had one bad thing. <laughs> I 
because of Pokey Pirate, I have a newfound respect and love for uh, ginger in my food. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I've never met ginger. So. <laughs> By Marianne. <laughs> I will say that little scene right there with Forrest Whitaker and Robin, like, it it just, again, it is a testament to Forrest Whitaker, even. Well, they, uh, Just they, the, the camaraderie they've had, and he's yeah. just showing, he's saying, like, you know. Yeah. Like, what you're doing matters, you know. Right. And then it leads into this scene right here, which is probably one of the most important scenes in the whole entire film, uh, just to show how important Adrian is to the troops. <laughs> so these soldiers little fun fact here yeah um are are actual soldiers oh really and they're they are from america's famed uh first in- infantry division no shit yeah that is awesome that's fantastic <laughs> It's <laughs> <laughs> so true. Oh, gosh. 
Like, look at if you look at this scene, like in the in the sense of like if this were real, like if this, if this really happened. Yeah. Can you imagine being a soldier and and experiencing this, you know, and just having that little bit of happiness, just experiencing just, just a little bit of joy from someone that you get you get joy from listening from to listening the show. to every day. Yeah. But then, but then, even from the perspective of of uh, Robin's character, right, of Adrian Cronauer, like yeah. here he is, he's he's. You know, he's pretty much given up on... Right, he, right. he doesn't see how he's helping. The machine itself has yeah. beat him down. And because he's behind he's behind a microphone. Right. He doesn't see the faces. He doesn't experience the laughter. He doesn't yep. experience those things. And so this is like like you were saying earlier, this is a hint this is a linchpin. It's a it's a yep. a pivotal point in the film. I I love I love how he says that, you know. I, you know, you guys take care and I won't forget you. And then it pans into this, this shot here where everyone's saying bye and, and going back there, they have to break away from this little fantasy world that they yeah, were in for this a, a very moment, this of, one little yeah. moment in time. And now it's back to reality. Yeah. And uh, it's just a, when you really look at the dynamic of the scene itself, it's a really powerful fucking scene. It, it really is. Have you ever seen? Uh, it's a, I think it's on YouTube actually. <laughs> the uh, where he's over he's over in Afghanistan or maybe it's Iraq. Uh, oh, one of those PTO things. Yeah, like and then the music USO, plays. Yeah, and yeah. he's like in the middle of his show, and yeah. then like the the trumpet plays, and everybody just stands up yep. and turns around. That's a great. It's an. I mean, it really. It's a really great clip. Yeah, it's a. Re, it's really funny and just because yeah. he's like, "What was that?" Yeah, <laughs> basically, he's like, "I've never had like a whole yeah." Whole audience just stand up and say "fuck you," like yeah. turn around. Yeah, it, this scene reminded me of that. Yeah. I think it just. I love this shot here at the end, and the music that they chose to play over it was just. This is it's touching. and we specifically talked about this on uh, the soundtrack spotlight the song right here uh, Louis Armstrong and just what a just the diversity of of using this song and then what you're going to see on screen and just how yeah. there's just the difference between the two and uh it's another yet i mean it's just crazy how many moments there are in this film that add to the overall story from a dramatic standpoint yeah and and like you said earlier we think of this as a comedy but yeah. my god there's so much yeah and you know, and, and we talked about it in the in the soundtrack spotlight. This song specifically, and these scenes specifically. Yeah. Um, you know how music plays a huge role uh, in movies and in film. Right. And you know, one of two ways can, it can be played: either 
as we were seeing earlier with the excitement and the music that yep. went with that, and then this here is a complete contrast, but yet right. it, it... But the message that it's trying to deliver Gosh. is very, yeah. very, very poignant and very well on point. Yeah. You know, we talk about often, um, my timing might not be great on this, actually. No, I think about it. <laughs> Sorry. You're good with segues. I timing. really am. Well, I was getting ready to talk about how this is actually in the book, uh, 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die. Right. And I just was thinking, because we're watching Murder and Mayhem, and yeah. I'm like, I probably, it's probably not the best time to bring that up, I guess. But, uh, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would I would definitely have this movie probably in my, you know, we talk about the 1001, but honestly for me this is probably top 10. Yeah. Oh, Sergeant Major Dickerson, you dick. Scandalous right here. See now this right here, this is this is a detail of the film that doesn't get talked about much. See, he knows the area is under, under VC control. Right. But yeah, he he goes ahead and approves the pass anyway, and I think that's a detail that doesn't get mentioned. And then you go back to this right here, what we're seeing, where across the teletype, the news that they deem that should it's be read this, aloud, yeah. should not be read aloud, and they're listening to the broadcast. Yeah. And it's just... You know, all these little things within the storytelling and the writing that just add to the overall thing. And it is, it's a, it's a, it's a plot point that doesn't get talked about much. It's like he, he was going to try and have him killed. Yeah. It, and it's, it's, and it's the fact dark. That, yeah, they're marking it out even there. You yeah. Know, like it's. <laughs> well, it's just that level of, uh, you know, you see it often in, in different storytelling and stuff, but you have people that think that they, you know, they're in a leadership position. Yeah. And they got there however, you know, right. usually not good, but whatever. And then you have somebody that is not, is not fit that pedigree or doesn't fit that right. title, and yet they have more authority in the people's lives, you know. Yeah. They're more of a leader than the person that has the, the title. Well, and the fact that he approved the the 24 hour pass for them to go and do this yeah. in an area that he knows is under VC control. Yeah. You know, that 
that, like you said, however he got to his position, well, what other devious things did he do along the way to get to to that position as well? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a very telling thing, and they don't explore it in the film, but if you pay attention to it, it's like, whoa, that, that gives you a lot of insight into that character. Yeah. It takes it to a uh, a whole another level. Absolutely. Because you're like, oh, this guy's just a prick. And then you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, he's... No. Yeah. This guy that's leading this group here, uh, as a kid, I always uh, was uh, kind of thrown off by him because he kind of resembles one of my cousins. <laughs> oh, And as you see here, I mean, these guerrilla fighters that are out here in this VC locked area, these are kids. Yeah. You know, and that's the, that's the crazy thing about that war that, um, you know, it's one of this, one of those dark details that gets talked about. And when you hear about it, you're like, what? <laughs> they, they were fighting with kids. Yeah. Well, it's something that a lot of people. Because I've talked to guys and stuff like they're in Afghanistan, even, and I mean it's yeah. A, there's a lot of wars, that right? Are that way. Oh yeah, they're yeah, yeah. they're kids, you know, they're fighting, and and we talked about this song right here. Just a great song. So I don't know if you noticed. There's a couple of uh, times in this film that there's been a Beatles album. I have noticed that. Yeah, but they never play a Beatles song. They don't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I'm, know. I'm, I'm not. Assu- I'm not really sure. Why, I'm assuming the Beatles' estate probably didn't. Well, this was made in what the '80s. This was '80s. I think I have the film right here. Uh, let's see here. I can't find it. Well, I know this was the '80s. The only reason why I say that that might be a thing is the uh, the fact that copyright issues over the Beatles catalog yeah. during the '80s. I believe Michael Jackson had bought the Beatles catalog out from under Paul McCartney, and it created a rift between yeah, them. Yeah, I think you're right. So that might be the reason why the Beatles weren't used in this soundtrack. Yeah, because there, there's a, a mention on a. One of the websites that you know find fun facts and stuff off of, and they they mentioned the fact that like even Adrian Cronauer is like like Robin Williams in here is there's two two different times he has the Beatles album for help, right? But it, they never he never plays it. But. Twan, you thief! How do you know where to go, Twan? Look at that ride, though, man. Yeah, he's all ass.
<laughs> Flip them the bird. Kansas anymore. Oh man! So apparently, this was a um, <clears throat> one of a, a you know they don't do it very often, but this was a film where the trailer they filmed special things specifically for the trailer. Oh really? Yeah, not even part of the movie. So really? Yeah, I found that interesting. Uh, I think a big reason for it was to um, to give the film a more military feel. Well, I mean, it's got a pretty heavy military feel to it, regardless. Yeah, but I think a lot, a lot of it had uh, Williams more in the green and, uh, and things like gotcha. that. And, uh, I think it was to try to appeal to the audiences more from the military uh, side of things. Which I mean, this was a pretty big hit in the box office too. Absolutely. So. I would say it probably really kind of solidified Robin Williams in the eyes of, you know, moviegoers as, like, a big deal. Yeah. Like, this was the movie. <laughs> That's a Jim Miller transition right there, is what that is. <laughs> I feel like we should just cut all of his clips and just... <laughs> Every once in a while, just pepper them through yeah. our uh, our episodes as commercials. So. Unofficial. That unofficially happened. Unofficially. Oh, man. Poor Adrian, man. How how is he supposed to know that his best friend's a terrorist? I mean, we've all been there, right, Jim? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Never mind the fact that you were setting him up to be killed. 
Right. <laughs> Jackass. He's such a douche. He is. He's got to be on our top five uh, douchebags here at Dude What. I would have to agree. That's six thirty in Bravo Zulu time. Oh, <laughs> I just use regular time nowadays. Fuck off. <laughs> Here we go. Karma's a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I forget how much. The general like is just—he's just—he's a great character. He he's really, really is really believable, great character. Well, he just—you could tell he recognizes, like yeah. even in that, he recognizes that. Yep. Douche hat was a douche hat, you know. Robin getting intense there, man. <laughs> right? I remember one of the first times I watched this scene that's getting ready to unfold and just thinking, man, Rob Williams can haul ass. <laughs> <laughs> go
That makes me tired. Yeah. I've already taken two naps watching this. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh I think Keanu read or watched this in preparation for point break. <laughs> but what I love is is like you can tell Robin Williams is straining. Oh yeah. While he's running. The other kid not so much. Yeah, he's just like doo do just out for a stroll. This is a great scene. So, coming to a head, the tension of the whole situation, it's just, from a dialogue standpoint, it's great. That line in his dialogue just then, we're not human to them, mm. reminds me of that scene in Platoon where the the service members have the the Vietnamese women pulled aside and are yeah. trying to rape them. And Charlie Sheen just calls them animals. Yeah. <laughs> classic Robin Williams take a very tense situation put a little comedic spin at the end but it fits makes I sense I don't know anybody else that, that does that me I mean I do it because yeah, no, I'm a comedic I know, genius I, know, I was just <laughs> <laughs> take tense situations and make a make a joke out of it but yeah typically a dick joke usually <laughs> 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 that line there him garlic always trying to start the engine yeah. when it's already running it it reminds me of whenever i will pull into the station at work and 
when I had a truck that the back doors would lock and you have to unlock them in the back and one of our handlers at work would try to open the door every time I backed in. It's like, it's locked. It's, it's locked. It's always locked. <laughs> Robin's tapping into uh, his Gallagher side of uh, yeah. <laughs> comedy here. That's a very good substitute. <laughs> what i love about this is that he has these mps and stuff that are in the you know they're playing with it as well right but i, w- I will say like this this does hit all of the uh, tropes, if you will, or all of the, the important things with a, a war film in, in the sense of, like, really getting to see kind of uh, different characters or types of characters right. um, fleshed out. And I was thinking about that with Tuan's, uh, his monologue there yep. before this scene, you know, because it's like, <clears throat> it's easy when you're the when you're looking at the quote-unquote bad guys to just think, well, these are just evil bad people. Right, yeah. But, like, he... But you gotta have he, perspective. He makes, a, he makes a, a point that it's like you can kind of understand why... Well, yeah. He's made the decisions he's made, you know. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, Adrian's like, you know, you use, you use me, you know, to kill two people. And he's like, big fucking deal. Yeah. Like, my mom's dead, my friend's dead, my brother's dead, all these yeah. people I know are dead. Because you don't see us as people. Right. You know, and, yeah. It's, uh, I can't, you can't overstate, like, the message of the film. Yeah. Um, regardless of what happens, you know, both sides, war does damage. It, yeah. War ruins a lot of things. And we justify it, you know, for the the protection of democracy and freedom, but at the root of it, it's just something that destroys. Well, and it's, you know, regardless of what side you're on, there's a reason to justify for fighting. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. This is a great scene right here to close out this relationship here.
you know, and from the perspective that we see in this film, you know, he he is pushing he is pushing for a relationship with her, you know, and so it's easy to just kind of it's kind of easy to just say, hey, you know, he's pushing too much and maybe she's she's not she's just not into it or whatever. Yeah. But you see in the short time that he did have with her, he did make an impact with her. And so maybe in a perfect world, something could have happened, but just not in this world. Yeah. Because you see it on her face. Well, I think as well as like, yes, it kind of started out as he's just like, he's just going after her because of her phys- physical looks yeah. and everything. And, um, but it, it turned into something so much more, you know? Right. And I think that's that's even pointing out the fact that, like, there was no, there was nothing physical that happened between them. No, nothing you know, at all. At all. So, yeah. um, so the emotional connection is what is, is what is most important. Yeah. Yeah, I have a, I have an uncle who was stationed, uh, he was in the military and he was stationed in Japan and he actually met his wife in Japan. Oh yeah. And so my aunt, she's, you know, Japanese descent, you know? And so I have, I have that on my mom's side of the family, you know, and it's just, it's, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, you know, and they've been together for like 40 something years or something ridiculous. So, Maybe even longer. I don't. I don't know. But so, did she teach you how to use chopsticks? No. In fact, I've only like hung out with her like three times. <laughs> They've always lived on the West Coast, so I've never. I've only seen them. Uh, I've only seen her a handful of times. But <laughs> Great job of uh, Forrest Whitaker here selling the emotion on his face without mm-hmm. having to actually say anything. You can see it right there as he drives off.
<laughs> Don't forget pumps. <laughs> Oh man, it's such a good way to end out. The, it, it really is. Yeah, the, uh, the movie. So it's my understanding that, like, um, I guess that the director did not want Robin Williams to um, meet Adrian Cronauer until after the filming. Oh really? Because he was afraid that uh, that Robin would uh, would change up a lot of his stuff. Oh okay. So he didn't want the want that, and I guess also like Adrian Cronauer uh, said that this movie obviously is you know how hollywood does yeah um that it wasn't very accurate to his life but right there was maybe about 40 percent <laughs> you know kind of but it is a movie yeah but yeah it's inspired by yeah but it, it, it's actually interesting because i didn't i didn't realize that he was a legitimate like actual person well i i can remember for the longest time you know, thinking that this was just a great story. And then, you know, at one point I just decided to do like a Google search and I found out it was actually a real guy. Yeah. You know, so, um, so the, the inspired by thing is, I think is more accurate with regard instead of saying based on a true story. You know what I mean? Uh, I would say inspired by would be the way to go with that because Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think they followed exactly the path of the real Adrian Cronauer, but you know, the inspiration was there. Definitely. And you know, we talk about it often. I mean, you know, we, heck, we do a podcast. So, like, right. we, we both have a love for radio. Yep. And uh, so it only seems appropriate that, yeah, Good Morning Vietnam would be be one we talk about Absolutely. often. So. Well, the credits are rolling here. And we've with, got... Uh, with all of the music. With all the music. <laughs> and there's so many. Even the uh, the polka, the Kit Kat, Kit Kat polka, Kit Kat polka. <laughs> I have to put that on next time I'm having a Kit Kat. There you go. Wow. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> we're nearing the end here. We're just gonna go ahead and wrap things up. I hope you guys had fun listening to us uh, laugh our asses off and right. uh, enjoy the the genius that is Mr. Robin Williams uh, watching Good Morning Vietnam. Had a lot of fun doing this. Uh, something fun to throw onto the feed for you guys. So please. Uh, Seriously, we hope you guys have enjoyed doing this, watching the film, listening to us give our commentary. Uh, we're going to go ahead and bounce on out of here. I just want to let you guys know that just keep following the feed. We're going to try and throw some new stuff out there. Hopefully we can get some side tables going here yeah. uh, with some movies that uh, we have both seen. I'm hoping maybe uh, Mr. Jim over here will watch Shang-Chi here real soon. We can do a side table on that. That would be good. That would be a lot of fun with that. And then maybe, just maybe, Jim, if I can get you to watch any Spider-Man movie, that would be know. great. I know. And I'm hoping also here, maybe in the next couple of weeks, we can do a uh, do table discussion movie talk and talk about some of the movies that are out and some of the movies that are coming out. Because, my God, it's there are a ton. The stack deck, for It sure. is a stack deck. So, But for right now, we're going to go ahead and bounce on out of here. I'm Brian. He's Jim. You can follow everything that is Dude What related, dudewhatpod.com. Check everything out over there. Check out the archive. Go back and re-listen to the first season. It's on the feed. Check out everything on there. We got our other Dude Director's Cuts. So we got the Home Alone one on the feed. Yeah. And you can also go back in the archive and listen to the Goonies one and the Twister one. Uh, I actually uh, got a phone call from my cousin Eric. He and his wife had actually sat down on Christmas 
and did the dude director's cut of Home Alone. Wow. And they had a lot of fun with that. A ton of fun with that. I will say that was a fun one to do. I enjoyed this one. This one, I probably should have said something earlier, but like really couldn't find a ton of fun facts about it. So, you know, some of these we were able to drop all that. We just kind of get to have different uh, types of conversations and stuff. You know, it's just us having fun. Yeah. This one was... Don't need a lot of fun facts. It's no, just, you don't need fun. It's just Robin Williams. Robin freaking Williams. Robin freaking Williams. Just watch it. It's awesome. <laughs> so anyway, check everything out. Like I said, dudewhatpod.com. Follow us on all the social media stuff. Just look for Dude What Pod uh, or search for at Dude What Pod. Uh, really easy to find everything. Drop us some lines. Hey, you guys at dudewhatpod.com. And get your friends to follow and tell them to check this out. I guess we're going to go ahead and bounce on out of here, man. I got nothing else. Sounds good. I'm all good. Right. Cool. All right. So hopefully you guys will get some new content from us in the next couple weeks. Some dude tables, some side tables, and uh, hopefully get season two started up here real, real, real soon. I know Brianna's out there chomping at the bit wanting some new materials. So in the meantime, we're going to bounce out of here, and we will see you guys down the road. Bye, guys. <laughs>